So I'm going to jump in. Um, I wanted to talk today from the topic, since it's Father's Day, um, but we we preach the word of God here. Amen. Uh, we don't just preach special Father's Day sermons. That's okay, um, but we believe in the gospel and the, the power of the gospel to transform hearts and minds and to transform lives. So uh, we preach Christ and Christ crucified here at this church, uh, and we preach the, uh, the the Bible and the full counsel of the scriptures. Uh, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that today um, while we talk about manhood a little bit as well, if that's okay. Uh, so I want to talk to you today from the title. Leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. I'll be in First Kings. Um, that's in the Old Testament. Um, First Kings, and I'll be in the second chapter. And I'll read from the first through the fourth verse today. If you have it, you can turn there in your Bibles uh, or on your mobile devices. Um, whichever one you like to use. Uh, If not, we'll have it up here on the screen for you uh, so that you can read it from the screen. Amen. Let's, Let's hear these words of our Father. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. It says, As the time approached for David to die, time's coming for all of us when we're going to die, he ordered his son Solomon saying, as for me, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong and be a man. Say, be a man. Okay. And keep your obligation to the Lord your God and walk in his ways to keep his statutes, commands, ordinances, and decrees. This is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn. Verse four. And so that the Lord will fulfill his promise that he made to me. If your sons guard their way to walk faithfully before me with all their heart and all their soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, Father. Your word is powerful, Lord, severing the marrow from the bone. And God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls, Lord. I pray, Lord, uh, that when we hear this word, that we might be transformed by it, Father. When we hear this word, we would respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. And Father, it's in that that I pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth. And Lord, let the words of my mouth. And meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom I trust. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Anybody ever see the movie Gladiator? Yeah? No? No? Okay, cool. In the opening scene of the movie Gladiator, the story's protagonist, Maximus, leads his soldiers into battle against the barbarian horde. They're getting ready to fight against mean, nasty men who would love nothing more than to 
fillet them. As Maximus leads his soldiers into battle against these barbarians, he tells them this powerful phrase. He says, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do in this life echoes in eternity. So I want to submit this idea to us today is that our legacy must be linked to eternity. Our legacy must be linked to eternity. Join me in verse number one where it says here at the time, uh, as a time approached for David to die. David was now an old man and he understood that, this, that his time was, was drawing near. And he found himself with a succession issue on his hands. Uh, that was as old as Israel itself. David, he had many sons and two of his sons were in contention for the throne. His oldest son, uh, Adonijah, who we'll just call uh, Donnie uh, for the sake of this conversation, Donnie, uh, was the immediate successor, uh, and he began to celebrate his, uh, his unappointed appointment as king. Anybody know somebody like that? They start celebrating stuff before they actually have it. So he starts to celebrate his unappointed appointment as king. And when his son Solomon's mother, Bathsheba, you'll probably remember her from biblical stories when you were a child. Uh, uh, Bathsheba came to David and she reminded him. She said, listen, Donnie, he's out there celebrating uh, as if he's already king. But I want to remind you of the plan that you had that you told me about our son Solomon, that he would be king. I want to uh, pause there for a second uh, and say this, that men men are, are at their best when they can adhere to their word. Men are at, at their best when they can adhere to their word. And, and one of the best things, ladies, that you can do is to find you a man who adheres to his word. That was for free. So listen. One of the best things that you can do is find a man is, 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 is find a man. Who let's find a woman, excuse me, who supports your calling even when you aren't qualified yet. See, uh, Bathsheba, she understood that even though her son, Solomon, he may not have been ready to be king, but she knew that he was called to be king because of what David had told to her. So she stood by him and said, listen, you promised that my son would be king. So Solomon's mother, she goes to David and she reminds him of his promise uh, and she reminds him of the promise that he would sit on the throne. Uh, 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 real men are challenged by their word. They're challenged by what they say. If if you've got a man who who is constantly getting angry and frustrated when you remind him of what he said, ladies, leave. If you're dating him. If he's your husband, then you lovingly challenge him so that he might be sharpened. Don't be leaving your husband because he said he was going to do the dishes and he didn't do them. Stop that. That's madness. Listen, David, he honors his word and appoints his son Solomon to the throne. He says this. He says, the time has approached for me to die. David understood that his lifetime was coming to an end, so he thought it appropriate to leave his son an inheritance of wisdom. 
See, the Jews, they, they referred to this as an ethical will. Can I tell you this? That it's not just enough to provide financially for your children. That's not enough. You have to leave them something that will last when the money runs out. I'm not saying uh, don't take care of your kids. You take care of your kids or we're going to jam you up here at this church. If you got child support, you pay your child support or we're going to come and we're going to take you before the judge and say, this joker's not paying his child support. You can go ahead and lock him up. We'll do that. It got real quiet in here. That's great. I love that. <laughs> it got so quiet. Listen, you've got to leave something that will last for your children. You've got to leave them a legacy. On Father's Day, well, we, we, we want to talk about, uh, you know, the stuff that we should get and all that stuff like that. But uh, being a father is different than being uh, a, a donor. There's some kids in here, so I'm, I'm trying to speak uh, appropriately. Um, you can't just make donations and not make deposits into your children's lives. I wish I had some help today. You can't just make donations and not make a deposit into the spiritual and physical and emotional well-being of your children. Doesn't work like that. See, David, whose name meant beloved, he understood what it meant to really love by leaving instructions for those he, had, he was given charge over as his time came near to die. See, this word here for die, it means to die. It can, it can mean to die suddenly. And David knew that his time was up and that each and every one of us in this room better know that time will suddenly be up for us as well. It's funny that his son Solomon would go on to say that, that, that life is just a vapor. So we need to stop living like we've got all the time in the world to get it together. I got a dude who told me, he said, well, man, my son, he knows who I am. And the time just ain't right for me to really spend that much time with him because me and his mom, you know, we don't really get down like that. You don't know the second that your son is going to be taken out of here. It's happening. It, it happens all over this country, all over this world. Children are going, and you'll never know the time. And better yet, you, know, you don't know the time when you are going to go. And then you'll leave your child with nothing. We're always complaining about our days being few, but acting as though they will never end. Listen here, the word... Uh, can also mean the word to die can also mean to die as a penalty see the reason we don't have time to waste is because death is a penalty we face because of sin see we better know how seriously god takes our sin so um, a man is marked by how he deals with his sin uh, a, a man is marked by how he faces his sin head on and accepts responsibility for his sinfulness. Can you accept responsibility or are you just passing the buck? 
Do, we, do, do you make excuses for your failures? Or can you sit in the mess that you have made and repent and find godly and a biblical solution out of your mess? Stop finagling and trying to finesse and try to wiggle your way out of a situation that you placed yourself in. Many of the times I hear, I, I used to be a youth pastor and I used to hear kids say that my parents never listened to me. My dad, he never listens to me. My dad, he never apologizes when he does something wrong. If you can't model repentance to your children, how will they ever learn to repent? If you don't model repentance to your children in their sinfulness, in your sinfulness, how will they ever be able to, to model of repentance in their sinfulness? We look at them and say, they never accept responsibility for anything. Well, they're looking at you. Family, we are marked by how we deal with our sin. We cannot run and hide from our sin. In fact, we are called to face our sin head on without seeking to turn from it as if God hasn't already given a provision to remediate the sinfulness that's in your heart. It's called the cross. He's already given us the remedy for our sin. And all we have to do is turn to the cross. See, listen, that's why David, he... He, he orders his son on how to live. That says that he ordered his son Solomon. See, the, he, David is going to give his son a charge in these following verses so that he can be what he was created to be. Can you take orders, men? Are you able to take commands from your father? See, so many of us want to give orders but we can't follow any. God is calling us to do both as his sons. He's calling us to be able to give them and receive them. So listen, he says this, uh, he says his son, a son is, is, is in this passage is more than just a member of the family. He is, he, I want you to see this. He is a builder of the family name. So if we are going to be sons, then we must realize that we are builders of the family name as well. So listen to this. God is calling us to build up the great name of his son, Jesus Christ. How do we do that, preacher? The way that we build up the name of his son, Jesus Christ, he says this. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what I tell you to do. See, God has given Jesus a name that is above every name. And as sons, we are called to be builders of that family name. See, listen here, Solomon, his, his name means peace. And his father spoke to, as his father spoke to him, he was commanded to be a man of peace and live up to his name. However, we, we serve a God who he doesn't call us to live up to our name, but he calls us to live up to his son's name, who is the Prince of Peace. See, that's that's why we will see next uh, that we are obligated to leave a legacy in verse two. He says this to his son. He says, I as for me, I am going the way of all the earth. Therefore, be strong. See, David saying he's saying, look, son, I'm, I'm about to walk down this path 
called death. But I don't want you to worry. It's just the manner of life. It's just the way that things go. I'm getting ready to go the way of all the earth. And you need to understand that it has been a journey for me. See, David, he's talking to his son and his, as he's dying. The, the passage tells us in, 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 in First Kings chapter 1 that David was so, he was so ill and so, old, so elderly and sick that he could barely keep himself warm. So he's in his dying, his dying stages. He can't keep himself warm. But what has warmed him is to, is to leave a legacy for his son in this moment see he's saying i've traveled down many rough roads and the habit of life has been trials and adversity uh we all need somebody to let us know that 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 things are going to be all right in our lives we all need those people in our lives. That's why we encourage uh, you being in community with other brothers and sisters because you need people in your life who are going to encourage you, who are going to strengthen you in the moments of adversity. But he's saying this. He's saying, listen, this life is hard. That's what this word, this, this word for earth, it means to be firm or to hard. But David's words are engineered to instruct us uh, that this life is not e- This life ain't easy. That's bad English. But it's good theology. So, so listen, when life hits you hard, when life comes at you with a firm, stiff uppercut, uh, we must respond by being strong. This is what David's saying here to his son. He's saying, listen, in this life, there is no room for frailty as a man. I'm not talking about machismo here, but I'm talking about endurance. See, that, that's this word here in this passage, this word in the passage, it means endurance. David is telling his son to withstand whatever may come his way in this life. If you don't prevail in this, prevail as a man in this life, this life will eat you alive. So how are we to prevail? How are we to do this? David in his old age, as he's staring death in the face, says, We do this by being strong. We do this by being bold. See, in the in this life, there's no room for fear. Scripture tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In a movie, After Earth, anybody see that movie? After Earth, it was kind of whack, but it had a couple good parts. So. Will Smith and his son, they had an excellent interaction about fear. His son, they were in a, in a particular place on, the, on this planet where uh, you would begin to see hallucinations and things like that. But he, he tells his son, as his son, because he was, Will Smith was hurt really bad, he couldn't move. He tells his son, he says, listen, son, fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts about the future. It is a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not at present or may never even exist. He says that is near insanity. Don't misunderstand me, he tells his son. Danger is very real. Some of those animals were very real. But fear is a choice. We need to understand this today. 
And if we're going to be men and women called according to God's purposes, we have a choice when it comes to fear in this life. When situations get tough in our life, we can choose to be fearful or faithfully submit ourselves to Jesus' will. We can choose to be fearful of the things that may come, of the situations that may arise in our lives. We can choose to be fearful of those, or we can choose to have faith and be strong in this life. See, he says to him, he says, be a man. So other translations say, show yourself to be a man. That's why David, he, he says this to him. In other words, uh, I, I, I like the translation, show yourself to be a man. Because if you're going to be considered strong, you have to show yourself. If you're going to be considered a man, you have to prove yourself. Many of us like to call ourselves men, but we've never proven ourselves to be one. See, there are many little boys in our community that go around toting pistols and bravado and they think that it makes them a man. But manhood is proven or tested through other men. Ladies, if you want to know if the dude that you're dealing with is a real man, then you need to bring his butt around some other men and get them around community and find out if he's really the man that he says he is. See, a man can sniff out another man. And a man can sense out another boy. So, ladies, if you're dealing with this joker and you're not, you're not too sure whether or not he's really a man, you bring him around the community and the body of other, of, of believers to bring him around the men and we'll help you find out whether he's a man or not. Most times if you're wondering, that means that he's not. Uh, but listen, he, he says, don't, don't, and listen, don't let that joker, uh, place you in seclusion away from other people. Don't let him drag you outside of the relationships that you have with other people uh, in order to seclude you so that you can't really tell whether he's a man or not. See, you drag his butt right on over to some real men and they will confirm for you whether or not he's a man or not. That was for free. Listen. Listen, don't... (laughs) Don't let him keep you a secret either. If the dude you're dealing with is keeping you a secret, now nah, I don't really like to post on social media like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how I get down. You know what I mean? Like, now, listen, tell that joker he better post a picture of you up on Facebook and let people know that you his girl. Listen. <laughs> I... Listen, it it ain't it's not too many dudes that get down like you know they try to say like I don't I don't get down with too many dudes because you know I'm a real one. Shut your face. Catch listen ladies, catch the next flight out of that situation because all that means is he doesn't like to be around other dudes because when he gets around them he actually gets found out that he's actually weak and fragile. See, the the fragility of men in our culture is reaching an epidemic level. That's why I laugh when boys go and get their gun to handle situations. He, He disrespected me, so let me go ahead and get my strap. Nah, they got me chopped. I'm about to blast bull. Like, come, look, you so tough. You gotta go get a gun though. 
See, using a gun to handle your problems doesn't show you to be a man. It only shows that you're fragile. See, real men handle uh, uh, their issues with their words. Uh, uh, and listen, I ain't mad at this either. Boys, they handle their problems with their fist. So I don't know what this type of manhood or boyhood is that's going around in our country, an epidemic, particularly in our city in Wilmington, where, where children are shooting each other up here in the city at twice the rate of anywhere else in the country. I don't know what that is because boys back in the day, we used to handle our situations and handle our problems with our fists. You got to rumble me because, like, you talked about my mama. Like, we got to fight. They don't even do that anymore. They want to go get a gun. Fragility. Fragile cowards handle their problems by surprise attack with a gun. Fragile cowards. Not just regular cowards. Fragile cowards. Because, listen here, when he tells him to be yourself a man, the word that he uses here for man can also be translated as champion. Are you a champion or are you a coward? Are you a man or a mouse? Either way, you've got to show yourself. And here's how you show yourself to be a man. David tells his son Solomon, he says, listen, keep the Lord's obligation. Keep your obligations to the Lord. David's telling his son, his son Solomon, uh, that men keep guard over the things that God has charged them with as duties. In other words, men don't walk out on their responsibilities. I'm not scared. If, 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 if you walk out on your kids, you are fragile. If you aren't in your children's life, if you got children running around and you don't take care of them children, you're a fragile man. Then got the nerve to want to be celebrated on Facebook. Nobody said happy Father's Day to me. Well, you ain't took care of your kids. What are we going to say happy Father's Day to you for? We were talking about this earlier today, just walking around, sitting up, how women are wishing themselves happy Father's Day on Father's Day. And, and we look at that as a challenge to, 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 to cultural uh, masculinity and things like that. But I don't think that's the case. I think, that's, I think that's a ch- that, that, that should be a mark on us as men, that women are finding themselves in situations where they've got to be called mom and dad. So much so that they've got to praise themselves and give themselves accolades for doing the things that a man should be doing in their children's lives. David says, he says, keep your obligations to the Lord. Obligations are something that you have custody over. What what a powerful notion that Yahweh, the all-existing one, the one who's in control of everything, would give custody of his creation over to feeble and frail men like us. See, usually custody goes to the one who was able to best care for the child. 
uh, but God says, I'm such a good father that I'll allow you to have custody over my children uh, and your small plot of dominion over them, even though you're feeble, uh, because I know that I'll be perfectly fine because I know the type of father that I am. See, God is so confident in his ability to provide for us that he gives us custody over the things that belong to him. So listen, he tells him, he says, listen, be strong, serve yourself a man, keep your obligations to the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways. The word for ways here is the word Derek or Derek. <laughs> it means a road or a journey. I tell my wife, every, my wife every single time, she said, do not tell that joke. Do not tell it. I just can't help myself. Um, so <laughs> listen, it, mean, it means a road or journey, but it can also mean a habit or course of life. See, when we walk in God's ways, it changes the course of our life. See, there are many people with lots of money that are unhappy about their lives. We saw that several times this past week through some tragedies that have happened to popular celebrities. But people are unhappy because their life is not lined up with the course of life that God has prescribed for them. Listen, he says, keep my statues. His statues are the things that he prescribes or his limits for us. See, God places a, places a limit on the things that we can experience because he knows what's best for us. I love this analogy. Is a train really free when it's off the tracks? I was on a train at 4 o'clock this morning. And if that train had come off the tracks, I would not have been free. I would have been frightened. <laughs> Listen. But I want us to see that, that God places limits on things in our lives that he doesn't want us to experience before the time is appropriate for us to experience them. So there are certain things that God says, listen, these things are for the covenant of marriage. It's not that God doesn't want us to experience the pleasure of those things, but he does that because he wants to give us the gift of those things within the proper context. What am I saying? God wants us to lean into the things that he gives to us in the way that he gives them to us. It's like your children. You bake a cake for them like my wife normally does. She'll bake a cake for them and she tells them you can't have any of this cake until after your dinner is finished because if you have this cake before your dinner it will spoil your appetite so listen at this there are many of us walking around who have spoiled appetites because we have partaken of things that God says we're not supposed to take part of yet before it was time therefore when we get to have those things it becomes spoiled listen 
God wants to give us a gift. He gives us limits because he knows all that comes with experiencing those things outside of his parameters. That's the conversation we need to have in our communities and our cultures. The reason that there are so many children running around without fathers in their lives is because nobody's talking to these men about adhering to the proper parameters that God has set up for their lives to experience the things that he wants them to experience. Therefore, we got kids all over. We got kids running around, no parents, no, no, no fathers in their lives. Uh, we got boys who are partaking of things that God says are for men and, and all types of stuff going on. We'll keep moving. So, sister, keep his commands. The, the commands are the things that, that God has made law in order to care for you. When you drive on the road, there's a speed limit. It's a limit there. It's a law for you to adhere to it for your safety and your care. It's not just to tell you to slow your car down. No, it's for your safety. And it says his ordinances. See, keeping his ordinances means keeping with what is fit and measurable. See, this carries the idea of doing justice. We must be cognizant of the justice implications of our actions. We must be equitable when it comes to people in our communities and serving the fatherless and the single mothers in our community. We must keep the Lord's ordinances. We must be conscious of justice. We must be cognizant of that. Here's my favorite one. He says keep his decrees. See, we must keep the Lord's decrees because his decrees are his testimonies. See, God is calling us to bear witness of the things that he testifies to. Why? Uh, because it is written. He says it. This is written in the law of Moses. Anybody remember Nas's It Was Written album? It was awful. <laughs> but it's Nas, so we can't say stuff. And I particularly can't say stuff because I named my son after him. So... It's weird. But listen, this album has Street Dreams on it. It had Black Girl Lost on it. Hey, bro, get off my page. <laughs> You'll definitely remember this one, If I Ruled the World. Get off my page. I'm at, y'all in here today. Imagine that. See, it, it, I want us to really imagine that, though. If, if we ruled the world, the, the whole thing would crumble. But because of the one who decrees and it becomes written, the world is in good shape. See, when, when God decrees something, it becomes engraved in the annals of eternity. And when we keep the decrees of God, David instructs us that we will have success in everything that we do. Listen, he says this. David is telling us that what we do will prosper when it is linked to the decrees and ordinances and commands of God. In other words, we will obtain what God declares when we follow what he commands. 
So that leads me to my last idea uh, on this. It says that we have an obtained legacy through the work that Christ has performed for us on the cross through our obedience to his will in everything that we do and everywhere that we turn. So listen at this. He says this in verse number four. And so that the Lord will fulfill his promise that he made to me. See, your legacy is only solidified because of the fact that God will fulfill what he promises. See, you have to know that your life is in the condition that is in because God has kept his promises. That is whether you are struggling or whether you're living your best life. God is in the business of keeping his promises. Guess what? If you're breathing in this room right now, God has kept his promise to you today. If you have the mobility of your limbs in this room today, guess what? God has kept his promises to you. Listen, I want us to see this because in in, in, in fact, the word here for promise in this passage, it can mean his business or his occupation so that means that God's occupation is keeping his promises I wish I had a church in here today see see maybe you're in here today and you have doubt about the promises of God over your life I'm here to declare to you today that the more you know the less you have to fear in Jesus so so when you know that God is in the business of doing exactly what he said he would do you have no room for fear or for doubt so listen see see when men we ought to be marked by the same characteristic men your family shouldn't fear or doubt because they know that you will do exactly what you said you will do See, listen, he's telling us here that, 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 our, 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 that our, what we do in our legacy is linked up to us doing what the Father commands us to do. So when God tells men that we're to provide for our families, guess what? That ought to line us up right within the will of God. And our family won't have any need for fear or doubt because they're trusting in us as we're trusting in Jesus. And he says this, he says, listen, he says the promise that God made, I want us to see this, that the word promises and the word made, they're the same word in the Hebrew. So I want us to understand this, is that God's promises and his actions are the same thing. See, God's words line up with his actions. And if we're going to leave a legacy today, then our words must be lined up with our actions as we submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. So that's what he says. He says, listen, so that the Lord will fulfill his promise that he made to you, if your sons will guard their way, to walk faithfully before me with all their hearts. See, David is saying, keep watch over the way that you walk. Guard your course of life. Walk faithfully 
before the Lord. See, God is calling us to have sureness about the way that we walk before him. See, the word faithfully can mean here to, it means reliability on the truth. So when we know better, we ultimately do better. But hear what David says here. He says, if they walk before me, this is what the Lord says to David, if they walk before me. See, David knew something about the promises of God. See, God was calling David to teach his son how to walk before God with all their heart and all their soul. So that meant that David was supposed to teach his sons how to be before God. You're not catching what I'm saying. He, he was going to teach his sons because the word before here is the Hebrew word for face. So David's responsibility as a man was to teach his sons how to be in the face of God. See, listen, you can't access what God has promised until you access his face. You can't have the promises of God if you don't want the presence of God. See, David is is, is showing us something here that is sure. Men who leave a legacy, they leave a legacy that teaches their children how to be on their face before God and in the presence of God to seek him with all their heart and with all their soul. So our hearts must want God's presence. Our heart is the very seat of our appetite and our passions. We must want his presence over his promises. But not only that, our soul must want God and our every breath must be filled with our desire for God. The activity of our mind must want his presence. The activity of our will must want his presence. The activity of our character, who we develop into, who we decide to be, that ought to want his presence as well. And if we want anything more than we want his presence, we will never leave a legacy. If we want anything more than we want his presence, we'll never have his promises either. See, in his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is joy. In his presence, there is love. In his presence, there is hope. In his presence, there is faithfulness. See, I love what, what Moses says in, in Exodus 23 about the presence of the Lord. And in and, and, and Exodus 33, verse 14, he says, and he replied to him, he says, the Lord replied to, to, to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Moses' response to that ought to be the response of every man and woman of God here in this place. We ought to respond in the same way by saying, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all other people on the face of the earth. Then the Lord answered Moses. He says, I'll do the very thing that that you have asked me for you have found favor with me and I know you by name. Then David asked, Moses asked this question. He says, please. Let me see your glory. See, Moses also knew something about the presence of God. Moses knew that if we were to pursue the presence of God, we would experience 
everything that God desires for us to have. See, if you pursue his presence, you will never, he says, you'll never fail to have a son on the throne. That's what he tells David back in our passage. In other words, God is saying, let me cut a covenant with you, David. If you pursue deep relationship with me through prayer and being deeply intimately intimate with me by studying uh, my word, uh, uh, fellas, I want to give you a hint. Uh, you got to study the word of God if you're going to have a relationship with him. Uh, more than that, if you if you want to have a deep relationship with your wife, you better find a way to study her as well. See, the way that God desires to be known by us is that we seek him, that we pursue after him. And if we're not able to pursue after him, then we will never receive what he promised and he'll never have a seat of honor. See, that's what a throne is. A throne is a seat of honor. It's also a, a covered place. When you pursue the presence of God, guess what? You're covered. When you pursue the presence of God in your life in the midst of trying circumstances and trials, guess what? You can go through those trials and circumstances knowing that you're covered by God. We'll close with this little story. Napoleon Bonaparte was responsible for the death of half a million French men. Approximately one-sixth of the population. And he was exiled by the British for the last six years of his life on the island of St. Helena. His mother never, his, his wife never wrote to him and married another man while he was still living. He never heard from his son ever again. He was confined to the house and grounds, needing the escort of a British soldier. Whenever he ventured anywhere on the island, he needed someone to go with him. And on his tombstone, it read, here lies. That's all it said, was here lies. Napoleon had spent his life trying to conquer the world. He spent his entire life trying to conquer everything that he had come across. He spent his entire life pursuing after things. To end up at the end of his days lonely and by himself. And the legacy that he left was one of death and murder. So much so that his tombstone on his grave didn't have any insignia, didn't have any remarkable things that he had done. Only the words, here lies, were on his gravestone. Don't spend your life trying to conquer the world. Don't spend your life trying to conquer a world that God has already given to you. Because God has already given you everything that you need. Ephesians tells us that we have every spiritual blessing in him. And if you're a man here today and you have a family, God has given that to you. 
He's given you friends. But most importantly, he's given you faith in him. And if you're pursuing after anything else other than Jesus, if you're pursuing after things other than him, it will only lead to ruin. Maybe you're in here today and you haven't come to know Jesus. I want to let you know that he will pardon your sins. Not only that, he says he'll pardon your sins and he'll take those sins upon himself and then he will give you his righteousness. See, the reason that we need his righteousness is because God the Father... We cannot go before him in our sinful state. And without the righteousness of Christ, we will never have relationship with God the Father. If you're here today and you have not trusted in the person of Jesus, the one who left the comforts of heaven, came to be born uh, in a manger among men and live his life to be killed at the end of his days. If you don't know of the person of Jesus and the work that he accomplished for you, we want to invite you to know him today. We have folks who are in the back. They'll receive you. They'll walk with you. They'll talk with you about what a relationship with Jesus is like. They'll talk with you about that. They'll talk to you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Because before we're in Christ, Scripture tells us that we're dead. We're not wounded. We're not struggling. We're not suffering. Scripture says that we're dead. And the only way that we can become alive is to place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Savior. Is there one today who would place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Is there one who would place the trust in the Savior who has left a legacy for us of redemption? Is there one today? Father, we thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy towards us, God. God, I pray on this day, this day that we've set aside to celebrate fathers, God, that we may never forget our heavenly Father, the one who is holy, the one who is righteous. Everything that is good is in you. And Father, may we never forget the reality that you are our Father God. And not only that, but we have the opportunity to call you Daddy. As we place our faith and trust in your Son and trust in the plan that you devised before Scripture tells us before the foundations of the world, you came up with a plan to redeem us to you. Bless the rest of our day, Lord. Bless the rest of our time. Lord, and as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion, God, I pray that you would be with us, God, continually and forevermore. 
thanksgiving in my heart, knowing that you will accomplish all that you said that you would. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Worship team to come.